You're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. I'd like to turn to our very first guest of today. Now, as you know, the Hong Kong International Literary Festival will kick off on the 5th all the way through to the 15th of November. And I'm really delighted to be joined by Vivek Mabubani, who is a Hong Kong born and bred funny man and well-known comedian. And he's here to talk about his involvement with this year's literary festival and also his upcoming solo English stand-up comedy on the 21st of December, which, by the way, the tickets uh, go on sale from today onwards. So welcome back on the program, Vivek. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, good to be here, Noreen. It's lovely to, to, to speak with you. So the Literary Festival, I was so happy to see your name there. Um, talk us through your involvement uh, with the festival this year. What are you going to be doing with them? Well, let me just say I want all my English literature teachers to all take note of where I'm at right now. <laughs> when they were marking my composition, telling me oh, that's really bad writing, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, am I over here now? But no, actually, <laughs> the Hong Kong Literary Festival, uh, we got in touch and we are just discussing ideas about how comedy, writing, and creative thinking all kind of combine from different angles. And they came up with the idea that, hey, why don't we combine two funny people in Hong Kong who are kind of known for basically making a living, making people laugh, and see what they have to say together. And they combined two seemingly similar yet very different uh, guys. I know. Your event is pretty amazing. When I saw that, I was like, two sort of people I never pictured together, but sort of makes sense. So you'll be doing an event with Harry Harrison, um, yeah. and it's called Ad Inc. Cartoons and Comedy in Hong Kong, and it'll be uh, next Friday on the 12th of uh, November um, at 8.30 to 9.30 at the JC Studio Theatre at the French Club. Um, how did you and sort of uh, Harry uh, come together? I mean, what was the, what was the idea behind uh, this uh, talk? if you like or, or well first of event. all i mean i i grew up looking at harry's cartoons all yeah. the time i you know when school would tell you you need to read the newspaper i figured there's only one page and one image i have to look at <laughs> so that helped me with my homework and i figured i was just always curious like how come you can just like you know draw pictures and that's your job what is this and when i realized that this is actually a, a career i thought wait a second you mean just being silly is actually something you can live off of okay that's cool and when the Hong Kong Literary Festival was talking to me about it and said, hey, Harry's coming out with his book, you know, basically combining all his best work and talking about his story, I said, this is fantastic. We need definitely need to do something together. So the idea really is to have two people who are doing something you would say non-traditional, especially in a place like Hong Kong where everyone's thinking about doctors, lawyers, and bankers. And how is it possible that you're able to not only survive but also thrive in this kind of comedy industry? So having two people uh, doing comedy be yet very different. Like, for example... Most people know of Harry. They've seen Harry's work, but have you seen the person? Yeah. Reverse it. You probably it's never looked loose. at my notebook. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we like a lot of times we don't know uh, that the real Harry Harrison. But yes, we're familiar with his work. But I think he rarely does interviews. I think he's quite yeah. low key. So uh, yeah, kudos. That's yeah. going to be an amazing double act, really. I mean, I've only seen caricatures of him. I really didn't think he was a real person. <laughs> It's a pen name, yeah. But it's true, um, because uh, his cartoons and your comedy uh, both have elements that make people laugh and make people think. Um, and, and that's a real sort of uh, skill to it. You know, pe people laugh at it and afterwards say, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. And I'm sure the same goes for his political uh, satire, all his yeah. uh, cartoons as, as well. It just gives you like a little breath of fresh air of, you know, no matter how crazy life is, when you take a moment to look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, from this angle, it's pretty funny. Now, you don't make it seem like such a terrible day. I mean, after all, this is quite silly when you think of it. 
Exactly. So, Vivek, congratulations also for your upcoming uh, English solo show. Uh, I have to specify is, Engl- is in English because you are yeah. also a comedian in Cantonese as well, and that's kind of rare, I mean, to be funny oh, in two yeah. languages. <laughs> I mean, I, I figured for myself when I went to school growing up over here learning Cantonese, I said I've got to make use of this. I worked way too hard to learn language and to just let it sit in the back of my head. Exactly. And, but this time... I'm going English, and I made a very sure on my poster it says English, every word is in English, so I don't want anyone coming there saying, hey, where's the Cantonese? Let's let's get to know this uh, upcoming uh, show then. What what are some of the inspirations behind this upcoming show? Will you be trying out new material? Will you be sort of using the Hong Kong audience as as guinea pigs? Because I know, well, pre-COVID days, or perhaps even still now, you you travel the region um, and even go down under uh, for for some of your uh, comedy shows shows um as well um will you yeah. be trying out new stuff oh so definitely the the name of my show is humor along my hairline because all these years i've been noticing how my head of hair is kind of reducing so i thought okay i've got to do something before this all goes and i thought it was like a ticking time bomb so i figured okay this might be my one and only chance to do a solo show without being bald <laughs> and so i thought okay let me start with that and I thought, you know, what What could I do different? I mean, I've done a lot of comedy in general for the last many years. And normally, yeah, I do travel the region and take a show. For example, I go to Melbourne to do the International Comedy Festival mm-hmm. and do my solo show there and then come back to Hong Kong and maybe perform it in the last festival that we run in September. And so this year, it's kind of been a little challenge where you're stuck in the region and you're stuck in the city. But you also get a lot of inspiration in general. For example, uh, when we, when COVID first started, I was kind of worried that, oh, with my mask, you know, people won't recognize me because my signature is my goatee. Oh, what will happen? You know, life be so different. And it turns out, no, people still recognize me. Apparently, my signature is not my goatee. It's my receding it's hairline. It's your hairline. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, that's not a good thing. I better I better learn to live with this now. So, <laughs> so things like that, you know, so a lot of new material as well about what happened during COVID times, like uh, my health kind of went down last year. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of jokes about that. And also just all the silly things that we're doing now that things are opening, me going back to school, teaching classes and all the weird things we have to do. Like you can't touch the kids, but you, <laughs> unless you sanitize your hands, I'm like that is not helping. Yeah. I mean, how important is it to find humor in sort of troubled times? And let's face it, um, it, it's been a a tough couple of years, unprecedented uh, with the pandemic and whatnot. Um, How important is it for Hong Kong people to to still find uh, humor and and, and laughs? I think, honestly, of all places, Hong Kong, before the pandemic, we were already borderline stressed out, always busy, you know, no time to kind of take a breather. And with the pandemic, even more so, you know. So it's a very good way to vent out that frustration and make you look at the same thing from a different angle. Like, let's be honest. A lot of us are going through the same thing, like during COVID times when the gyms and everything were closed. Everyone was trying to figure out how could I exercise? You know, do I go to the park and the park are closed? What I do? And the funny thing is everybody I've spoken to, they all started lifting furniture at home. <laughs> you know, and people are no longer talking about how much you bench press or like how many benches do you pick up, you know, so or things like that. Or referring it to like the COVID-19 kilos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're not lifting dumbbells, we're lifting water bottles. Yeah. So like I lift 10 liters. Exactly. That is true. Um, now, Vivek, I, I know you're funny in both languages. I've seen uh, b- b- both of your, you know, your, your comedy in both languages. Do you ever sort of uh, tr- try and translate uh, Cantonese jokes into English? Uh, how does that work out or vice versa? Um, does it have the same sort of nuance? Or is it different? Is it as funny? Is it funnier? I, I don't know. So it's actually quite strange. The last few years, I kind of took it on upon myself to make it a challenge. Like, can I write the same comedy in two languages? 
And what I find is that it's not so much that the nuances, but more like how do you express the same thought? Mm. So let's say in Cantonese, the way you would express it, maybe you'd use the tone of your voice more than actually just talking about the picture or the situation. Whereas in English, I could just simply tell you the situation and you'd already picture it in your head. So I've been noticing that a lot, like I said, I mean, during COVID times, the silly things we've done, like the addiction to hand sanitizer that we have, it works both ways in English and Cantonese. But just the way you say it in English, for example, if I talk about how we all have the hand sanitizer and I joke about how when you have your meal, you have to have an opening ceremony <laughs> where everyone takes out their hand sanitizer and looks at each other. Which one do we use? Which one has a higher percentage? And you comparing know? to see, you know, yeah. the spray one or does it leave a film over your hands? Wow, how I didn't even think about it, but it's true. How yeah. times have changed. Yeah. So if you do that in Cantonese, even more so because now you guarantee everyone who speaks Cantonese probably has two bottles. One has a spare as well. Whereas English speakers, maybe, you know, someone will have it. I'm sure my friends will lend it to me. So you've got a different angle, different take on the same situation. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure um, many of your inspirations came during the pandemic. I mean, how easy or difficult was it with sort of social distancing um, and not being able to, I don't know, people watch, you know, this sounds a bit yeah. weird, but, you know, just people watching in a different way. I mean, how did that impact uh, you, the, the inspirations be behind your jokes? So honestly, because of the pandemic, yeah, the lack of people watching or just basically going out in the city and walking around and observing what we do did distance. limit a lot of... Yeah, because yeah, it, it's not that I'm trying to creepy, creepily watch people, <laughs> but it requires me to observe the world around me and yes. notice small things that we all do but don't realize. And without that, I'm stuck in my room thinking, okay, so uh, what's funny about dust? You know, and so there is a lot of limitation, but it has also taught me a new appreciation where I realized that actually a lot of the inspiration does come from daily life, not just my just from my brain. So I thought, okay, you know what? I've, I've learned to realize that, and now I'm observing things much more. Because also, who knows? Tomorrow might be a deadline or, or lockdown, so I better figure out something today. Yeah. It's a very good motivation as well. Exactly. I think the pandemic has also sort of allowed us to slow down our lives a little bit more and, and, and appreciate that the, the, the smaller things in life. Actually, um, when you mentioned, you know, your health suffered, you know, my health also suffered. And it actually makes you, um, yeah, pre I always say health is wealth and it just yeah. makes you appreciate your, your health um, a, a little bit more. Yeah. And that's why they say laughter is the best medicine and that's what we're trying yeah. to do for each other. Yeah, what's the sort of general consensus in the in the comedy circle then? Um, because it, it it has been, I don't say this lightly, a, a, a depressing time for Hong Kong. Well, for globally, really. Um, you know, how 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 does the community sort of up, uplift each other, or are comedy a comedian so, sort of you I know think, darker? Yeah, what's 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 happened actually is that when live shows could start up again, everybody suddenly found out how much they appreciated it and yes. no longer took it for granted. And I thought, oh, you know, like it's so different from being amongst your friends and being in front of a crowd and we've got to cherish this every single time. So in that sense, it kind of had a positive impact to remind us of the value of these small, small things that we thought of no big deal. But at the same time, the circle does have these weird things. For example, now, you know, things are a bit more sensitive, so you have to be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. You might think it's funny, but if someone else does, then you might get in trouble. So there's a lot of landmines that you have to kind of avoid. Which is why, for myself, I like to just joke about my life in general or just life that, that I notice rather than trying to pinpoint fingers at someone and say, oh, look at that person doing this. What's wrong with that person? Yeah. So that way, it's kind of we're laughing at ourselves and then we all relate to it. going like, yeah, you know what? What he's saying, I do the same thing. Oh, I'm a fool as well. So that way, it's more lighthearted. But definitely the circle has a bit more, become more sensitive because everyone's a bit worried of like, okay, you know, I, I don't want to offend a bit too far. A little bit offensive is okay. A little bit of quirky, cheeky talk is okay. But ooh. 
this is getting a bit sensitive now. Exactly. Well, you know, we only live once and, uh, you know, everybody's going to die one day. So, you know, best not to take <laughs> it so like seriously. like a James Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> exactly. Um, Vivek, I- I'm sure our listeners and the audience would love to follow you on social media and follow uh, you and your work and find out more about your solo show. Um, how can we do that? Real simple. You can just find me on social media or my website, which is Funny Vivek. So don't confuse with any other Vivek. I'm the funny one. So just funny and then V-I-V-E-K dot com and you'll check me out on Instagram, Facebook or my website. Excellent. And of course, those of you who also want to see Vivek and Harry Harrison uh, in action next Friday at the Fringe Club, then do go to uh, the Literary Festival website, which is festival.org.hk and you can get your tickets there. And uh, we'll see you there. Thank you so much, Vivek Mabubani, for your time today. Thank you. See you.